In today's show, we're looking at players who are overperforming or underperforming. Michael Bolton, he's always just performing. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here in what used to be called the Buy Low, Sell High show but most trade deadlines have passed, hopefully. Uh, so we're just looking at guys who are outperforming that you might expect a regression from, guys who are underperforming that we're expecting to step it up over the coming days and weeks. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go back two weeks to see how we did when we did the week 20 uh, buy low, sell high show and see how those guys panned out. Donovan Mitchell was a buy low. He was 50th. And then he is 34th over the last two weeks. Slight win there. Still could be better. Lamelo Ball was 66th. He's up to 16th over the last two weeks. It's a pretty big win. Valanchunas was 93rd. And he has stepped up to be 31st over the last two weeks. That was an obvious one. And he stepped it right up. Jimmy Butler's gone from 165th to 56th. There's still room for improvement for Butler from 56th. But he was always going to take steps forward from where he was. Well, Gaz Trent... Even though there's going to be some stinking, some absolutely stinking nights from him, he's gone from 172nd to 79th over the last two weeks. So that bounce back was always going to come. And it did. On the other side of things, the guys that I thought were overperforming expectations, I thought Shea Gildas-Alexander was a little bit high. Yeah, I was sort of right. He was fifth in those two weeks. Since then, he's been ninth. So he's still been great. But yeah, a little bit of a drop off. Terry Rozier, I thought he would drop off way more than this. He did drop off, but not by much. He went from 7th to 11th. Cameron Johnson was 17th, and then basically hasn't played since. So I don't know how... You can't grade that one, because he's been out with that um, corky in his leg. So we can't grade that one. Torius Maxey, this one was the dog's balls of the day. He was 23rd over those two weeks leading up to week 20. And then since then, he's 168th. The reality for Torius Maxey is somewhere in the middle... But as I banged on and banged on about back when we did that show, there was no way he was going to maintain that level of shooting. And Scotland Barnes has also dropped off. He was 31st in that time frame we talked about. Since then, he's 48th. Still been really good. The absence of OG Ananobi has obviously boosted his value as well as improvement from Barnsley. Um, can have some not great games like yesterday's game, but still uh, he's been awesome. And that is a little bit of a drop off there. So 31st down to 48th. That's how we've looked at the last two weeks. So let's look at what we think is going to happen moving forward and some overperforming players. First guy I'm going to look at is Seth Curry. Is Seth short for anything? I don't think it is. It should be. It feels like it should be. Anyway, Seth Curry, over the last two weeks, he's only played three games, bear that in mind, but they've been three unbelievably good games. Seth Curry is, over that time, the 17th ranked player in category leagues. He's 68th in points leagues, averaging 32 fantasy points. For comparison, he averages 26 for the season. Um, 
the numbers on Seth are really impressive. Obviously, 20 points per game he is averaging. He's doing that by hitting 58% of his shots, which includes 52% from three and 73% from two. Now, he's shooting unbelievably this year. 61% true shooting for a guard is great. That's 42 and 56 from three and two, respectively. What he's doing at the moment is just so much more than that. 10% more, 10 percentage points more from three and like 17 percentage points more from two. It's just not realistic for that to continue. Usage stays the same. And then he's pairing all this with a tripling of his steal rate. He's gone from 0.9 steals to 2.7 steals. So you can see that there are a lot of things there that just aren't realistic to continue for the rest of the year. And you're going to have to deal with games where Kyrie's in and Kyrie's out, which will yeah, muck his usage around. But it's been a great little run from Seth here over these last few games that he's played. And he's not doing it on huge minutes either, but it's coming on outstanding shooting and huge steal numbers, which just aren't going to be able to continue. This guy, I was very surprised to see his name where it was ranked. Nazareth Reed. Yes, Naz Reed. Over the last two weeks, Naz Reed is the 58th ranked player. That's over two weeks. And in points leagues, he's 101st. How? Why? What's happening? Why is this happening? Naz is averaging 20, almost 27 fantasy points per game. That's up from 18 for the season. He's the 218th ranked player this year. And he's now he's up to 58th. And he's playing one extra minute per game. So what is happening? Why is he jumping up this much? Well, usage has gone from 21 to 24. So a few extra shots coming to Reed's way. But the impressive thing here, or the thing that's really driving this, is shooting. His true shooting was 59, still a good number. It's up to 69, as we would say. Giggity! Um, what does that mean individually? Well, his um, three-point percentage has gone from 34.5 to 38.5. His two-point percentage has gone from 56.5 to 63.5. And, and his free throws have gone from 76.5 up to 89. So big, big big increases in all three percentage categories. And that's really what's driving it. You pair that with an increase in usage, so some more shots, and it's leading to some really big numbers. Oh yeah, also, he's tripled his steal rate. He went from 0.5 steals to 1.4 steals. And again, basically the same minutes. Oh, and just to add anything more onto that, he's almost doubled his rebound rate. 7.2 rebounds in 17 minutes when he's averaging four rebounds in 16 minutes for the season. So it's likely just a little fluke run here. He's had a couple of big double-digit rebound games. He's had some um, very impressive shooting nights. He's getting to the line a ton as well. In the last five games, he's had a six free-throw attempt game, a seven free-throw attempt game, and a four. And in those limited minutes, that's just really impressive. So while it's been great for Reed, it hasn't been because he's had this new role. It's just that everything is tied together at this time. Like, would I add him and expect this? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect so. But in terms of a guy who used to be a massive negative in field goal percentage, now he's helping your field goal percentage and helping your free throw percentage to a pretty significant degree. I don't think that I trust it. But the free throws in particular, that's happened over the last two months. He's at 82% over the last two months. And even his overall efficiency is way up from the start of the season over the last couple of months. So there is improvement in Reed for sure. But I would say probably not 
the expectation shouldn't be to have him improve to this level as we move forward. But college basketball, Naz Reed used to play college basketball. That's my tenuous transition. He played for LSU, I believe. And college basketball is still going. I couldn't tell you if LSU is in the tournament or not. I think they were. I don't know if they still are. Anyway, that's beside the point. For all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. I started taking Athletic Greens because I just didn't think that I was getting enough nutrition every day. I wasn't eating enough veggies. I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't getting those vitamins in. And I didn't want to have to take a million vitamin capsules to help supplement that. So AG1, as the cool kids would call it, it's a green powder that's basically just veggies, vitamins, minerals, superfoods, all put into that one scoop. And that's all you have to take each day. It's so easy to do in a cup of water, give it a shake around. They give you even a little bottle that they sent to me, which is cool as well. Chuck it in there, shake it around and drink it. It tastes fantastic. And it's less than three bucks per day for this unbelievable amount of nutrition. They're also sending us some vitamin D for the month, or sorry, for a year as well. So it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's go to the next overperforming player, and I think that is Lowry Markinen of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Markinen, yes, he's putting up some very strong numbers. Some of that is due to Jarrett Allen's absence, no doubt. The 36 minutes that Markinen is playing, there's a big Jarrett Allen component there. But he's doing that thing that we talk about where you have the increase in minutes, you have an increase um, in, yeah, in playing time and, and role, and then pairing that with a huge jump in efficiency. He's shooting almost 68% from two over that time frame. He's at 50 under 54 for the year. So that is just a gigantic increase. So basically, it's been a six-game sample of him just hitting everything. His three-point percentage is at 41, which is good. And it's not out of the realms of possibility that he could continue to be a 41% guy. I don't believe that he will be, but he could be. You know, maybe 39, maybe 38. That's possible. He's at 35 for the season. But jumping up almost, well, not almost, exactly 14 percentage points on your two-point numbers really, really helps. And he's doubled his steal rate. He's not a steals guy normally, but he's at 1.5 steals over the last six games. That's really jumping that up. So you add five extra minutes on, you bump up the efficiency through the roof from 44 field goal percent to 53. That's the turnaround. And he's 50, I didn't mention, he's 52nd in category leagues and 69th in points leagues when he's only 101st for the season. Now, I think he can be inside the top 100 as we move forward, but it's really this efficiency that's driving what Markkinen is doing, as well as a big uptick in steals. And I don't think that both of those things are going to be able to continue. If you want to talk about uptick in steals, Bob Covington, he's 33rd over the last two weeks. It's only a couple of games for him, 78th in points leagues. Um, But he's just on the back of big defensive numbers. It's simple as that. He's played 26 minutes a night. He's had six steals over the two games that he's been back. Three steals and three steals. All right, one game he had 18 points with four triples. The other he had seven points. 
it's just that big steal number. Now, two steals a game for Rob Covington? Possible. Possible. I wouldn't want to rely on it, but that is possible. Three steals? No way. He's also shooting 45% from the field. Now, he is under 40 for the season. That's a big difference. Under 40 is, is a disaster. 45 is manageable. Look, his volume's not high, I know that. But when you if you cut... Look, that, that steal rate is double what he's doing for the year. He's at 1.5 steals for the year. He's at three here. And we know that steals is one of the biggest um, rankings modifiers that if you just have a big... If you have a big jump in steals, it's going to just send you through the roof. We saw that with Seth Curry. Uh, we see them with Marketing. We saw it with um, Naz Reed even, I think it was. Yeah. No, he's... Was he Reed? Oh, yeah, Naz Reed. He's tripled his steals. And that bumps you all the way up. That's why I like to downweight steals when I look at ranking numbers. And even so, even downranking them, um, yeah, Covington's still coming out this high. And I think when you go look at rankings, you'll see guys like Covington and Marketing and Reed. And, and Curry even higher in your default rankings because you're not downplaying the steals impact, which is the way I do it. Another player who is overperforming, our last overperforming player, is Trey Lyles. He was, at one point, one of the worst rotation players in the NBA. He has improved since then. I think when I said that at the time, it was him and Precious Achua battling that out. And that's not the case anymore. They've both improved significantly. But I think what Lyles is doing now, even especially now, so the Kings only have two games this week, so I'm not sure you want to add him. But he is the 75th ranked player over the last two weeks. I don't know why they're prioritizing him, but they are. He's ranked 75th. He's 111th in category leagues. So where is this coming from, from Trey? Well, he's shooting 32% from three for the season. He's up to 46 over the last two weeks. But to be fair to him, over his last 25 games, he is shooting 41% from three. So maybe there's a turnaround there. He's also hitting 88% from the line. And again, you don't think of him as a bad free throw guy, but he's at 79 for the season. So a nine percentage point turnaround. You go from being neutral to being a significant positive in that category. That helps. And you tie that in with basically doubling your three-point um, contributions. You get, you're getting some big assist numbers. He's also at 1.6 steals, which is not, again, I don't expect Trey Lyles to be any sort of steals guy. At all. Last year, he averaged 0.3 steals in 16 minutes. And granted, he's playing almost double the minutes. Sorry, I was looking at the steals numbers wrong. Ignore me on the steals. That was completely wrong. Um, he's only averaging 0.6 steals. So just everything I said about steals, forget that. Um, the rebound numbers are up for him, 7.4, 12 points. But it, it really is just that shooting. The 58% from two, 88% from the line, and 46% from three. All of those numbers I would expect to come down, even if it comes down to 49, 82, and 38, right? Even if it comes down there, that's probably a 40-spot drop in rankings. But, you know, we can't expect this level of efficiency, I don't think, to be able to maintain. That would be my guess. Let's go on to the underperforming players. And we've got to start with Kyle Lowry in Miami. It has been very rough for Kyle um, since coming back from his second absence for personal issues. Over the last two weeks, he's ranked 172nd with 148th in points leagues. That is obviously not good. Lowry is averaging just under 23 fantasy points per game, down from the 31 he's averaging this season. So what is happening since he has returned? Well, it's not minutes. 33 a game he's playing. That, that's fine. It's the fact that he's averaging seven points per game. Usage is completely gone. I don't know why that's the case, but I'm not also not looking at this going, well, I expect that usage to just come flying back. It might not. 
He's only at 18% usage for the season, but it's been a constant downturn. And in the last three months, he's under 16. So usage coming down is not... It's not outrageous to expect him to be a low usage guy as we move forward. It appears to be where he's sort of sitting in this um, uh, in this team at the moment is, is the usage just coming way down. But there are other things that do need to improve. In fact, 35% shooting, like you pair that with that reduced usage and it kills you, 35%. And the other thing, which again, doesn't seem like much, but he's been at 85% from the line. He's been an excellent free throw shooter all the way through, but over the last six games, he's at 80 and 80 is good, but the problem with 80 being good is 80 is bang average. It is smack bang average as a number. Whereas if you're at 85, then you're a pretty big positive there, a good influencer in that category. So it doesn't seem like much, but it does drop it down. Also, he's had one steal, or sorry, two steals in his last six games, when he should be averaging 1.1 to 1.3 steals a game. So we've seen a drop in steal rate. We've seen a bit of a drop in assists. We've seen a big drop in threes. He's not really taking as many and he's not hitting as many. The overall usage is down and the free throws are down five percentage points. So I expect him to bounce back from this. There are, yeah, the seven points, the 35%, the 0.3 steals, all those things I expect to come back for Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Let's look at D'Angelo Russell. He's 110th over the last two weeks in category leagues and 91st in points leagues. Russell has been impressive this year. The 51st ranked player overall in category leagues. What's he averaging points league-wise? He is um, at 35 fantasy points per game. He's at 27 over these last two weeks. So it's a big drop-off. Why is it a big drop-off? What has happened to make it this way? Well, it's shooting, isn't it? 37% from the field, which includes a putrid 42% from two. He had that one game where he was like one of six or something. Let's go chop it to, Sorry, not one of six. He was two of 11 two games ago, and he's had two another game at 23%, another game at 29%. Like, that just actually kills you in that category. And he hasn't... Look, he's been not a great shooter, 42% for the year, but those sort of massive, massive declines really hurts. He's averaging just 12.7... Uh, so 12.3 points and just 2.8 rebounds. Now, 2.8 rebounds is not... He's not a big rebounder, but he can be a three and a half to four guy. And that... Again, it makes an impact when you're down that far and everything else is falling off. It's maybe a 10, 15 spot increase. I still think the top 50 is possible for D'Angelo because even including these last six games, over the last month, he's ranked 42nd. Like That's how good he was before that. So I think there is a pretty significant bounce back going to happen in his scoring, in his shooting, Um and he hasn't even blocked, he hasn't blocked a, he's not a high shot blocker for sure, but he hasn't blocked a single shot in his last six games. He's at 0.4 for the season, but he has not blocked a single shot. Just get me one block, two blocks every six games, and then that boosts a little bit of that value up as well. If you're looking for parts for your car, you should block out going to local chain auto parts stores. You should get that garbage all the way out of here. You need to go to Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts for your car? Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts customers online for the last 20 plus years. Whatever parts you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet, Rock Auto is going to have it in their extensive catalog. So why don't you go to rockauto.com and check out that extensive catalog and see all of those parts available for your car or truck. And in the how did you hear about us box, right, locked on so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com.
go to Toronto. Freddie Van Vliet is struggling. The knee is a pain in the ass. It's also probably a pain in the knee for him as he sits out these back-to-back. So I would expect a few more of those rest of season. But even in the games that he is playing, we're seeing some downturn in production from Fred. He's 70th in category leagues and he's 59th in um, points leagues. Like We have seen him be significantly better than that. He's averaging, what, 33 and a half fantasy points when he's, that's, he's at over 40 for the season. And so there's, there is a downturn here in his production. He's a top 20 player in category leagues this season. And he's not doing it on gigantic field goals. Now, the field goals, maybe we can expect them to stay under 40. But he's at 36.8. And there is, for a guy like Van Vliet, a big difference between 36.8 and 39.8. And 39.8, I think, is a realistic expectation. And again, that's still bad. But you go from being a massive negative, like, two and a half Z-score guy to being maybe a negative 1.8 Z-score guy. You're still probably going to be punting field goals with him. And so it doesn't matter that much. But what it does matter is that you're hitting that extra one to two shots per game, probably just one shot per game, but that might be an extra three per game so that your 17 points you're averaging becomes 20 points per game. Yet that 26% from three... He's at 38 for the season, 39. The shot is way off. So there's massive scope for that to improve 10 percentage points. Again, that's hitting an extra three per game. You do that, field goals go up, three-point percentage goes up, three-pointers may go up, and the 17 points becomes 19 to 20 again. Problem solved. That, that's really it. His steals are still up. His blocks, which have been yeah, pretty strong in the past, um, they're down a little bit, but that's fine whatever, like he's at 0.5 blocks per game this year, but he's only had one block in his last five. So there's some scope for that to improve. His assists are also down from 6.7 to 4.6. So there's a lot of room here, I think, for Van Vliet to really take some steps forward. Jalen Brown. JB, you've done it again. Um, Yeah, he hasn't actually done it because he's sort of dropped off a bit here. Last game was really strong for Jalen, for sure, but... If you look over the last two weeks, he's 121st in category leagues and he's 57th in points leagues. He's averaging under 34 fantasy points per game. And that's not far off his 37 that he's averaging. But we know that there's more here with Jalen. So why is there this big drop-off? He hasn't blocked a single shot in the last six games and he's at under one steal per game. Whereas for the season, he's at one steal. Now that's not a big, big deal. And he is a guy that can be 1.2, 1.3. So there is room for that to improve. And he's only a 0.3 blocks guy. But having both of those categories drop off at the same time really hurts. It really hurts. And the other thing is that he's, in the past, he's had some free throw issues. All right, he's at 76 for the season. But when you go from 76 to 70, 76 is a bee's dick below average. 70 on five attempts per game is a massive negative. It's a huge hole to dig yourself into. And that's where we are with Jalen. That sort of takes him out of that you know, top, what, he's 54th for the season. That takes him out of that top 60 zone. No blocks, no steals, bad free throws. Oh, he's also not hitting his threes. He's at 29% from three. Again, we don't look at him as a great three-point shooter. He's at 34%. But 34 versus 29 is a significant difference. Lastly, we're going to go talk about the big fella in San Antonio, Jakob Pertl. Pirtle, over the last two weeks, is 129th in category leagues and 76th in points leagues. Um, he's averaging 30 points per game when he's at 34 in the regular season. 
whereas Pirtle in category leagues is 84th for the year, and he's 129th. And you could say, well, he's 84th. That's like a fake 84th, because you know with him you're punting free throws. So you take that category out, and we're talking a top 50 player, because he's at 49% from the line. Over the last two weeks, he's actually increased that number to be 62%. Still a, a big negative there, but nowhere near as negative yet. His ranking has dropped almost 50 spots. So why, why has that happened? Well, one steal in seven games. There's your answer. He's not a high steals guy, but he's at 0.7 steals. So over seven games, you would expect five to six steals. So he's just way down there. His blocks, 1.1 on the surface, it's not bad. But when you're relying upon him for 1.7 blocks, it hurts. And his field goal percentage at 58.5 is still good, but he's at 62 for the season. And again, these things don't seem like much. 1.1 blocks and 58.5 is, is a solid number, but it's nothing compared to 1.7 and 62%. And those steals from 0.7, not a great number, but 0.1, an abysmal number. And that is what has fueled his numbers to drop. He's also seen a drop in his assist numbers, which had been a pleasant surprise this season. Just two assists per game over the last seven versus three for the season. Again, two versus three, not a big difference, but it's a it's a drop. It's a 33% decrease. And that that's significant enough to when all of these other things turn down at the same time, with the exception of free throws, which went up, when everything else turns down, it leads to a 50-spot drop in rankings. Now, he is going to be hard to hold because of the two games, but if you're in a punt free throw situation in a category league, we expect an uptick in his production, then I think we can have a level of faith that maybe that's going to be enough for you. It might not be, but that's going to be personal, um, yeah, personal view of your team and your squad and how it makes sense. But he's definitely on the fringes with this recent downturn in production and now the two-game week. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, why don't you give it a thumbs up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Say ya.